There are plenty of halls in Cumbria. Throughout the country, in fact, you cannot move for halls. And each one has their own set of stories. Some regarding tormented spirits, some about romance. But I'm pretty sure there's only one about our subject today. Gaythorn Hall lies about equidistant between Orton and Great Asby. Accessible by gravel road that will take you these days right up to the listed site. In the middle of vast farmland, it has always been home to cattle and they would often be housed in rooms, for lack of a better word, underneath the hall, visible through a small window at the foot of the structure. But while that space was designed for the animals, in the early 19th century, it was home to something else. For Gaythorn Hall is a farmstead home to one single horrifying event. In 1810, a man and a woman got married, as they are wont to do. The notable thing about this marriage, however, the wife was Catholic and her new husband? Protestant. This was a tense topic at the time. In modern terms, just imagine... Well, actually, imagine the exact same thing. That's how tense it was. There was immediate and palpable friction between the families, but the couple didn't give a toss. They pressed on, they loved each other, and they lived happily ever after without letting religion get between them. No. Obviously, that didn't happen. While they did press on and they did love each other, their respective faiths would be tested when they had a child. This is where religion decided to rear its head and throw a spanner in what works. For the couple now had to decide how to raise the child. And I don't mean whether it was going to grow up to be a footballer or which baby diet it was going to be on. They had to decide whether to bring the child up Protestant or Catholic. The previously untested couple were having a tough time with this one. I'm sure their families tried to swear them one way and the other, and obviously the pressure built and built to a point where they made a strange decision. They made the decision to not make a decision. Husband and wife seemingly didn't want this apparently difficult choice getting in the way of their otherwise perfect love, and so they did away with the child. They didn't kill it, but nor did they put it up for adoption. No, they, they did what any parent of sound mind would do in that situation. They locked the child away in the space for cattle under the house. He was to be fed scraps through a hole in the floor and would get enough oxygen and light through the tiny barred windows atop his prison walls.
The child grew up in filth and squalor, living off leftovers and little light, breathing what oxygen stooped into his hellhole for longer than anyone would like to imagine. Any amount of time is longer than anyone would like to imagine. But he survived. And not only that, he was found. There are no stories of the interim or exactly how long he was in prison, but it all came to an end when a huntsman crossed the farmland and he gazed up towards the hall and he saw something moving at the foot of it, a single hairy arm waving to him. He freed the now young man and took him back to Appleby taking him in. The exonerated fella could only communicate in grunts. He was covered in coarse black hair. He was a child in every sense but the physical. But he now had the chance of a more routine life. He would attend school, he would learn. Maths and English, yeah, but sociability too. This was a near grown man learning how to be a person and he would pass with flying colours. He became a well-respected member of the community and would even hold the office of mayor, as many characters in these stories do. Everyone and their mum has been mayor of Appleby at some point. Or maybe everyone and their dad. Though that sounds like a happy ending, it does also open up the possibility that it might never have happened at all. Don't get me wrong, it would be good to have a world where two parents wouldn't do that to a child, but it would be denying the literal rags to riches story just laid out. But there's no record of any mayor of Appleby having that upbringing. You'd think it would come up, you know. Instead, many believe that this was a fabrication, a story spread by the church designed to warn the populace against a lack of faith, which worked in both religions' favours, really. Though one-time owner of the hall did claim that a great-great-grandmother met a man in Appleby once, and he delighted in recounting the story of his life, that ended with becoming the mayor of the town, and started in a hall in the ground. Cheers for listening to episode 4 of season 1 of the Folklore of Cumbria cast. I'd like to thank my sources, the websites historicengland.org.uk and lewisconservation.co.uk as well as the book Walks in Mysterious North Lakeland by Graham K. Dugdale. Once again, the music was provided by Shane Ivers at www.silvermansound.co.uk Details are in the description. Finally, thank you once again for putting this to your ears. 
I hope you enjoyed and that it piqued your interest as to whether something like this could actually happen. It's reasonably hard to find sources for the story as the tale is often entitled The Hairy Man's Hole. And, well, I didn't think there were that many bears in Cumbria.